tear rolled slowly down her cold cheek. At that same instant, a stray breeze from the foyer of the Salt Palace sent a cool shiver across the back of her neck, prompting her to adjust the knitted scarf she was wearing. She touched Beverly's hand on the grips of her wheelchair to signal her to pause for a moment, and then she strained to listen. On the small stage just ahead of them and beyond the gift shop, a solo woman's voice, sounding almost angelic, was singing. And for me some scarlet ribbons, scarlet ribbons for my hair. Tears immediately began to flow freely, and as the song continued in the background, Catherine turned slightly and in a sobbing whisper said, Thank you so much for bringing me here, Beverly. You don't know how much this means to me. Since its beginning thirty years earlier, Catherine had never missed an opening night at the Festival of Trees. Having served on the executive board and several different committees for over 25 years, the festival had become as much a part of the season for her as the holidays themselves. This year was different, though. It was much, much different. In August, after suffering for several months with ever-increasing pain, which she tried at first to dismiss as just part of aging, She had finally been convinced to seek medical advice. Then, following weeks of tests at the Huntsman Cancer Institute, the doctors had informed her that she had cancer. According to the diagnosis, it had started in her pancreas and had spread so far by the time it was discovered that neither a cure nor extended remission were realistic hopes. The day she was told of the prognosis, her oncologist, Dr. Thomas Madison, had been sensitive, but very matter-of-fact. Of course, you could get another opinion, Catherine. I know several other very good specialists I could refer you to. She interrupted him, stammering. And you're absolutely sure of the diagnosis. How long do I have? Three, maybe four months. Five, if we're lucky. As he spoke, she just looked straight ahead blankly and then asked, What have the other doctors said? Catherine, I'm not going to give you any false hope. I've known you much too long, and I know you would see right through it anyway. I've consulted with everyone else here at the center, and I'm afraid we all feel the same way. He reached out and took her hand, and she gazed down at the floor for a moment. Then, looking back up to him, she smiled weakly and announced, "'Well, then, that's that, I suppose. I guess I'm just going to have to do some getting ready, that's all.' Trying to find something to say, which always seemed impossible at such times, Dr. Madison offered, "'I can have my secretary arrange for hospice services, if you'd like.' She patted his hand and replied softly, "'Maybe, but—' We'll see. We'll see. It was strange, she thought at the time. She had always assumed that if news of this sort were ever presented to her that it would be devastating. But it was quite the opposite. 
At first she thought that maybe she was in denial because it really didn't seem to bother her the way she thought it should. However, from the moment she received the news, an overwhelming sense of peace settled over her and seemed to follow her everywhere, and she had an unmistakably warm feeling inside that there was a wonderful reunion awaiting her soon. Just then, Kathy Winger and Helen Jones caught sight of Catherine, and after setting their clipboards on the table next to the gift shop, came to her and gave her a strong but gentle hug. Oh, we're so glad you could make it. Opening night wouldn't be the same without you, Kathy gushed. Smiling warmly, Helen echoed what Kathy had said, as Linda Marchant, who was still issuing instructions to someone on her walkie-talkie, joined them. Kathy was the current chair of the festival, and Helen and...